This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. It's Doc and Roth on Thursday, January 13th for another edition of the Round Ball Stew. Uh, Roth, I was going to talk some Georgia Bulldogs champions, but there's breaking NBA news right as we are going live. So we'll skip the college football talk. You all know what happened anyway. It's no secret. (laughs) Um, Let's let's dive right into it. Um, I assume you're doing okay, right, Ralph? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Quick, quick congrats on the national championship. I see the sweatshirt there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, big news. T-shirt and a little hat <laughs> going here. What's big, the big news, news down in Georgia, um, in Atlanta. Cam Reddish is now a New York Nick. Reddish, along with a 2025 second round pick, is headed to New York. Atlanta gets Kevin Knox, who flat out did not pan out in New York and they protected 2022 first round pick that will be conveyed via Charlotte. So it's an interesting situation. The Knicks effectively get a, a first round pick here with Cam Reddish. That's what he was, but you're using one of your 2022 first on Cam Reddish um, essentially. So it's an interesting fit there. Um, Cam has certainly had his moments of promise. But it's, he's also been a bit of a tease, I think, you know, because of injuries and inconsistent play. We haven't really gotten to see the full-on version of Cam Reddish that a lot of people have expected. And I wonder if we're going to get to see that in New York because of the options that they have on the wings, you know, R.J. Barrett being a prime example of that. Well, R.J. Barrett, speaking of, is, is on fire yeah. right now. The young, mm-hmm. youngest Nick in history to score 30 points in back-to-back games, doing that on Wednesday night. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing. Was Cam Reddish had more of a log? He Cam Reddish had more of a log jam in Atlanta than he's going yeah. to have in New York. Mm-hmm. I think they traded for him because they want him. I, to me, Cam Reddish passes the eye test. Like if yeah. he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a really good NBA basketball player. Um, I'm sad to see him go from Atlanta. What I'm really sad about, Ralph, is I dropped Cam Reddish instead of Bull Bull this morning. Yeah. Um, oh in order to pick up Darius Baisley, who plays on Thursday night. And now we'll finish up with, with Cam Reddish in a minute, but along those same lines, Bull Bull was traded to the Pistons, and that vo- that trade has been voided because he didn't pass his physical. So now I wish I would have cut Bull Bull and kept okay. uh, Cam, who's probably going to see pretty significant run for the Knicks, I think. And I think the Knicks mm-hmm. and the Hawks play on yeah. Saturday maybe Friday mm-hmm. or Saturday. So uh, we're going to get to see it right away. What Fantasy-wise, are you – is Cam Reddish a must-have player to you right now? Um, I don't know if I'd say must-have, but I would certainly understand anyone that went out to get him because, you know, you did mention Atlanta's logjam on the, on the wings being a bit more than New York's, which I agree with. Um, where else is New York going to get scoring on the wings? It, it provided – 
Reddish has some good defensive tools to work with in terms of the athleticism and whatnot that I think will entice Tom Thibodeau to kind of have him in that rotation right away. You know, I think he's going to have the opportunity to, you know, to produce right away. So, yeah, I, I don't know if I – my concern is what I mentioned earlier about the inconsistency and in the injuries. That's why I wouldn't do it personally, but anyone that wants to go out there and grab him, I have no issue with that. Yeah, to me, I, I think given the unknown of his new team mm-hmm. and the potential that Cam has, I mean, if you have somebody to drop, let's say you've been sitting on Bull Bull, yeah. uh, waiting waiting to see what he was going to do in Detroit, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I would drop Bull Bull and go pick up Cam Reddish immediately. This is, this is one of those walk-don't-run situations. If you've got a guy you've been wanting to cut, if you've got Emmanuel Quickly, who's kind of falling yeah. off a little bit, if you've got Lonnie Walker, um, guys like that, I think I would rather have Cam Reddish uh, at least for a couple of weeks and see what happens in New York mm-hmm. because he may get to New York and be mad that he got traded. And and he, I think he's also good buddies with R.J. Barrett. Yeah. And those two could just become a wrecking crew down there so, mm-hmm. or over there, up there. So um, pretty interesting morning as far as NBA news goes. So. Yeah. Um, as for what happened on Wednesday night, again, super busy Wednesday night, as they all are. Um, before we get into the fantasy nuts and bolts, though, I, I'm so intrigued by this Joel Embiid thing that I've tweeted about and, and kind of obsessed about. So he scored 31 points um, on Wednesday night. He's played five games in the month of January. He scored 31 points in all five of those games. I don't think... Even if he was trying to do that, he he could. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those big fluke things. I'd like to know what the odds are. I, asked, I have a friend of mine is a mathematics uh, doctorate from Vandy and mm-hmm. masters from not math. He, he has his MBA from Vandy and he's a math guy. Yeah. He's a numbers guy. I was like, what are the odds of that happen? He's like, well, I'd have to run all kinds of stuff, but I, it's <laughs> close to a trillion, trillion mm-hmm. to one or something. Jeez. You know, I've, I've had a couple of hole in ones in golf. I've seen a guy throw a ball off the tee box into the hole on a golf course. And to me, the, those are the same kind of freakish things yeah. uh, that are similar to what Joe LMB did doing 31 points five times in a row. Yeah. A model of consistency there. Um, I guess, I guess <laughs> it's weird. And, and it was also weird that, uh, the Sixers had their what seven game winning streak blown yes. in, a, in a loss to Charlotte. Hadn't beaten Charlotte had not beaten them since two thousand November of 2016. So that was pretty wild. All right. Let's hit some fantasy stuff now. Malcolm Brogdon returned to action for the Pacers last night. Didn't do a whole lot. Only lasted 17 minutes before he aggravated his Achilles injury. Um, so he's hurt again. And you know, this is one of those situations where they're probably going to be like, well, we rushed him back. Now mm-hmm. he needs now he needs a, a week off to just rest and, and get right. Uh, they haven't said that. I haven't seen that yet. But that's sort of what I, I'm thinking on this. Karis LeVert came back for the Pacers, played 16 minutes, had a decent line. Nothing, yeah. nothing crazy. What that does mean is Kiefer Sykes and Dwayne Washington Jr. can be forgotten about. Lance Stevenson, though, played 21 minutes, had what six five six and two steals? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing special, but a decent line. I I'm going to hang in there with with Stevenson. Um, I think we misspoke 
the last podcast I did with Straub, I thought the Pacers had, re- had signed him for the rest of the season. But now I it's think another he's on his second 10 day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's talk of signing him for the rest of the season. So we'll see. But where are you with, with Lance Stevenson? I think the Brogdon aggravation of his injury makes him worth hanging on to for now. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Indiana with that loss last night, they're now six games behind out of that 10th spot. You know, Boston currently 10th, tied with the Knicks. You know, Brogdon aggravating that, that Achilles injury. And you remember the prior reports about Indiana possibly breaking his team up and going into a rebuild. I think we're approaching that point for sure now. Um, they didn't have Chris Duarte last night, uh, birth of his second child. So obviously he wasn't going to be there. Given what Sykes and Washington showed while Brogdon and Levert and Duarte were all sidelined, you're not looking at them as future pieces, but you can put them out there and say, yeah, we're breaking this group up, but we're not completely tanking because these guys are going to at least be competitive while they're out there. They're probably going to lose a lot of games. But at least they'll be competitive. I think it's time. You know, Stevenson, I would hold on to him for that very reason because this team, even if they get into the playing rounds, how much of a threat are they really going to be? You know, so it's like, just go ahead and pull the plug. And, you know, some guys will become eligible to be traded on January 15th. But, yeah, it's about over in Indiana, let's be honest. I, I think Lance Stevenson still has yeah. a chance to, to do stuff. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hanging on to him for now. Uh, would I drop Lance to go pick up Cam Reddish? I might, I might do that. But fortunately, yeah. we this all happened right before we came on the air, and I, I wasn't really able to go go make any moves. So <laughs> I'm going to miss out on all the Cam Reddish fun by the time we're done with this. Mm-hmm. Ralph, one of the questions you asked me coming into this thing is: Should we be concerned about Al Horford? Well, he had eight points, four boards, four assists on Wednesday night, but. It's been really, really bad for a while yeah. now. He's got, I think it's nine or eight, eight straight games. He scored fewer than 10 points. So, so single digits in eight straight. And then the seven straight games without hitting double digits and rebounds. And if you go back and look what he was doing before he disappeared due to COVID for 10 days, he was playing really well. Yeah. Uh, and it's been rough for you know, ever since really Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've got him in a couple leagues. I've got LaMarcus Aldridge in a couple spots. Both of those guys uh, really kind of scare me right now. And I, Horford's name is too good. And so is Aldridge. Aldridge was playing really well too. I don't really want to drop either one of those guys until they get back in a groove and I, I can see what, you know, see what's happening going forward. Mm-hmm. But man, it's been rough having either one of those guys right now. Yeah, I think in the case of Horford, you may be able to pull off a trade. Like, it won't be a trade where you get elite value in return, but you may be able to get something for him just because of, as you said, the name and what he did before that stretch, you know, where he missed time due to health and safety protocols. But, yeah, I'm not going to drop him outright, but I'm I'm definitely going to try to kick the tires on some trades if I have him rostered. Yeah, it's not a bad idea because I, I really don't want to dr- drop Al Horford. I don't think yeah. he's dry, I don't think he's droppable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, trading him might be a might be a better way. But I mean, now's a terrible time to trade yeah. him because anybody with two eyes is going to look at those the the game log and see how mm-hmm. bad it's been. So going back to your your New York Knicks, who looked 
fantastic on Wednesday night. RJ Barrett, 32.7 boards, four triples, 24 points over the last week. He's back to back 30 points. He doesn't get steals or blocks. Your question to me was, should he be rostered in 86% of Yahoo leagues? Absolutely, I think he should be. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, that's it. I think it's fair just because of his position within the rotation. You know, you're going to have that where guys, even if they're not giving you great production across the board from a fantasy standpoint, they're going to be a high rostered player just because they're going to start. You're going to take a lot of shots. Um, I look at him from a fantasy standpoint, almost as like a poor man's Brandon Ingram. You know, Ingram doesn't give you a lot in terms of the defensive numbers himself, but he will give you a lot in terms of points and get you some rebounds and assists. I think you kind of hold on to the bear. Obviously, you're not going to drop him at this point. If you already have him, obviously 86%, a lot of people already do have him. So you're not going to drop him, but you're just going to kind of hold out hope that he can give you a bit more in those other areas. Yeah, and I think, you know, for me, I know that scoring is only one fantasy category. Yeah. And I know that they all count equally. But guys who score 17, 20, 23 points a game are different than guys who score seven or eight points a game. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I wish R.J. Barrett got steals, and I wish he got blocks, and I wish he shot it better. But he, he's still enough of an offensive powerhouse that even if his, his fantasy ranking is, is not great, you, you got to still have him. You got to, he needs to be rostered everywhere. And it, it sort of reminds me of John Morant last year. Like John Morant's ranking was low, but he, he was a big scorer when he played. Um, and he, he did some things, and we're seeing those things in mass this, mm-hmm. this season. So just because a guy's ranking is low in fantasy doesn't necessarily mean that he should not be rostered because some categories are harder to come by than others. And there's, it's hard to find a, a guy who can score 20 a game uh, on waiver wires. So yeah. I think he should be on uh, rostered everywhere at this point. So <laughs> Indiana university's Thomas Bryant played for the first time in a year for the Washington wizards on Wednesday night. Uh, six points in 12 minutes in his season debut. I don't really want to mess with any big man in Washington at this point because Bryant's going to get minutes and Montrez Harrell's going to get minutes and Daniel Gafford's been starting and he only played 16 minutes last night and Rui Achimura's there. He's a power forward, but he's another big man. There's just too many guys to feed and it's too crowded. I, I think... I feel like Gafford and Bryant have the most fantasy-friendly games. and But I don't know. Roth, are you hanging on to Gafford? Are you picking up Bryant? Are you What, what are you doing? I'm leaving Bryant alone for the time being. Um, I'd like to see a larger sample size in terms of minutes played before making any type of decision. It just feels like with this group, we're back to where we were last season, where they had Gafford, Robin Lopez, and Alex Lynn. And it was just extremely difficult to make sense of it from a fantasy standpoint. Like this group is more talented on the whole than that trio was, but it kind of feels like back to square one. Like Harold can get you points and rebounds in a hurry when he's out there on the court. But now we're at a point where we're going to be looking for that type of production in about 20 minutes per game. And that might be a bit unrealistic, you know, regardless of what he's capable of from a fantasy standpoint. So 
Yeah, if you have, say, Gafford, you might as well hold on to him for the blocks and the fact that he's he's in the starting lineup for now. But there's nothing really great about any of these guys. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Uh, and even ranking them, I think I'd go. I think I'd go Montrezl Harrell just because he's got the the most consistent game, I guess, out of yeah. those guys. Mm-hmm. Gafford is right there, and Gafford probably has technically more value because of, like you said, the blo- the shot blocking. And then Bryant and then Achimura. But like you said, you can kind of flip a coin on all of them. And I don't really want to deal with any of them right now. I, yeah. Three guys trying to play center for the same team is is not fun. It's it's more of a disaster. So, <laughs> But I'm glad to see Thomas Bryant back. He, yes. he He's a good player. And if they let him do his thing and give him 30 minutes a game, he's a monster. But that mm-hmm. we're not that's not going to happen uh, in Washington this year. So uh, let's go back to the Hawks for a second. DeAndre Hunter made his comeback on Wednesday, had 15 points, three triples. Played really well, man. Didn't look like he, he really missed a beat. 24 minutes. How um, how do you think this Cam Reddish trade impacts DeAndre Hunter? I mean, for me, if I'm sitting on De- DeAndre Hunter, I'm celebrating the yeah. fact that Cam Reddish got traded. Yeah, I think the question I asked in our email is like, which Hawks wings would you drop? you know, based on Hunter's return and how aggressive he was offensively. He didn't shoot the ball well inside of the arc, just one for seven on two pointers. But you have to figure that'll come in time. Um, but obviously Reddish out of there has kind of cleared things up and where you're pretty much down to Hunter, broke down Bogdanovich and Kevin Herter as opposed yep. to having four guys. So thank you, Travis Schlenk, for answering the question for us, I guess <laughs> I should say. But, yeah, if he's putting up 11 shots in 24 minutes, that's good. That's what you want to see from him in his first game back. And I think in time, as he gets that rust off, he'll be more efficient. And he'll give you a bit more defensively, too. So, yeah, good night I read, for DeAndre. I read uh, last night somewhere that uh, he couldn't even brush his teeth with his hand because his wrist was so messed up. Oh, um, but he feels great now. And – uh, welcome back, DeAndre Hunter. I thought he looked. I thought he looked really good. He looked mm-hmm. better than I expected him to. And I think, you know, once he gets ten days in, um, he could be a second half surprise. I think he's yeah. going to go off. And I think this this getting Cam Reddish out of there clears up a lot of the logjam questions the Hawks have. Now, speaking of the Hawks, I mean they're unwatchable right now. They were so bad. They were so bad last night. Um, I, I think it. Who they. they Whoever destroyed them, who I turned the game off, so I wasn't even paying attention. But the this third quarter started like twenty nothing against the Hawks, and Matt Straub and I and some other friends that watch the Hawks, we all just like tw- texting each other, like turn the game off. I'm not watching anymore. And uh, <laughs> I had other games I had to cover anyway, so it didn't really matter. And I didn't even write the the Hawks game up. But uh, man, they're bad. They're really yeah. bad right now. And Hero Trey, finished. The Tyler Hero was one rebound shy of a triple double. Triple double, and that would have been the first triple double off the bench this season. Yeah, it was the Miami Heat just destroyed the Hawks in Atlanta, um, and the Hawks are, are bad. And Trey Young, you know, some of his recent comments. It sounds to me like he is begging Travis Schlenk for a superstar yeah. uh, to play alongside him. And and I think this. Cam Reddish move is probably going to be the first domino to fall mm-hmm. in the Hawks' hopes of getting uh, Trey a superstar to play next to. So we'll see how that goes. Justin and so good. 
thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Subscribe to NBC Sports Edge Plus and get every tool for every game. Fantasy, DFS, and betting premium tools are all included in one subscription at one low price. You can subscribe monthly or save 20% on an annual subscription. We've made it easier than ever with more tools than ever to play and wager with confidence with NBC Sports Edge Plus. Also, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we're highlighting matchups between the Nets and Bulls Cavaliers and Jazz, and Lakers and Kings. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. Okay, Ralph. I had Eric Gordon in my DFS lineup mm-hmm. all day, and then at the last second I pulled him uh, and put somebody else, and it turned out to be a huge mistake. Eric Gordon, I think, only took 10 shots. Is that right? And somehow racked up 31 points, three boards, three assists, and a steal with six triples. Um that's just crazy, right? Yeah, he was 9 for 10 from the field, 7 for 10 from the foul line. And, yeah, that Eric Gordon looked like Eric Gordon in high school. And he was applying his trade in Indiana and then also AAU basketball. He played alongside Derrick Rose. But, um, yeah, that was an incredible night from him. And I think the question is, is he worth rostering right now? And then – he feels like a prime name for the trade deadline. You know, is he going to be moved to a, a contender or hopeful or championship hopeful that needs three point shooting? And that is, he's already a points and three pointers guy. But I guess the question is, will the volume be there if he gets moved? And, and I think the answer to that question is probably going to be no. Well, I think it all depends. I mean, my my first concern with Eric Gordon, who, Ralph, you mentioned he, he played in high school in Indiana. Uh, mm-hmm. He actually played at the high school I graduated from, North okay. Central High School yes. in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Gordon and I are, are fellow Panthers, except uh, I did not play on the basketball team, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, can Eric Gordon stay healthy? That's my first question. Uh, because throughout his career, that has been the issue. And yeah. seeing him have a great night like this, he's going to be a super hot pickup right now. I could see 
I can see there's something happening to ruin that. But uh, if he stays in Houston, are they going to continue to play uh, a feisty old veteran like Eric Gordon instead of these kids? That's another question I don't have the answer to. And then if he gets moved, is he going to have a big enough role to be relevant? Uh, my thing with Eric Gordon is you live in the moment with Eric Gordon. If he's sitting yeah. on your waiver wire, pick him up. He He's streaky. He's a shooter. Um, he's hot right now, obviously. Now's a good time to pick him up, let it rip, and then when something bad happens, you move on. It kind of reminds me of, of Patrick Beverly a little, mm-hmm. little bit. Good way to put it. All right, Keldon Johnson returned for the Spurs on Wednesday. 18 points, five boards, two two triples. Uh, shot it well. He actually looked better in his return from protocols than he looked before he left. Yes. That, that doesn't happen a lot. And then Devin Vassell, uh, 12 points, five boards. I think he had a block and a three. Which of those two guys would I rather have, Roth? I would rather have Devin Vassell all day just because – He's got so much more upside. He's, he steals the ball, and uh, I, I just feel like he's he offers a more complete game where I, I feel like Keldon Johnson's shot has to be falling for him to even yeah. put up a serviceable line. I'd agree with that. Um, I think the key with Vassell is, is he going to start? I think we discussed this on a, a prior podcast, is that there seems to be this fixation on having Doug McDermott in the lineup. It, on one side, you understand that because of the shooting. But on the other, it's like he really hasn't provided it at a consistently consistency level that the Spurs likely expected when they signed him. So why is he still out there? You know, I think Keldon being a starter helps. But like you said, he doesn't give you too much in the steals or the blocks. So I think Vassell's got a bit more of an up, a bit higher upside. So I would prefer to have him as well. Yeah, I just hope he starts, man, because yeah. if he doesn't start, then – it's going to be hard for him to to blossom, but I don't know. I, I Vassal's game is there. We know it's there. He just needs minutes to, to make it happen. So, come on, Pop. Uh, Utah has to play without its top three centers right now. Their tallest player, their biggest player left on the roster that was actually not in protocols, Eric Pascal last night, came off the bench. They started a small lineup featuring uh, – Joe Ingles, Jingles. Pascal had 18 points, seven boards, two triples. Jingles got thrown out after 13 minutes for a couple quick te- technical fouls, which burned a ton of people uh, who had him in DFS last night. I think Pascal's worth a look until Gobert, uh, Rudy Gobert's back from pro- protocols, but Gobert is supposed to clear protocols today. I, I assume Whiteside and uh, as of week here, not that far behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, if Gobert, if all three big men are out for the Spurs next game again, I think Pascal's a fine play. But if Rudy Gobert is back, I wouldn't mess with Pascal. Whiteside's one of those guys where right now I've got him on a roster. I was like, do I drop him to get somebody to play tonight? Do I keep him because he's he's been really relevant lately? And he's he even puts up decent numbers in limited minutes when Rudy's Rudy's healthy. So kind of hanging on to Whiteside right now and just to see what happens. But I have a feeling I'll be dropping him. I don't really trust Joe Ingles on most nights. You know the mistake you mentioned with uh, Eric Gordon that you made with your lineup? I made that mistake with Eric Pascal last night. I Hmm. dropped him, dates are moving around to pick up Joe Ingles. 
And it was a great time to watch him head off to the showers early. And he was ineffective even before that. It was just an all-around frustrating night for Joe Ingles. Well, yeah. dude, he was he was he was trying to play center and guard Jared Allen and yeah. Mobley, and they were just destroying him. And I think he was just like, "Guess what, guys? I'm not doing this. I'll see you later." <laughs> Fair enough, but peace out. Yeah, Pascal, he isn't the, the biggest player, obviously, but you know he's kind of a rugged, physical forward type. So he had a good game against Toronto last week. Yet for some reason, he was he wasn't considered as a starting possibility the next game. I think that was against Detroit on Monday and got an opportunity off the bench last night and played well. So I would think with the centers being out and Rudy Gay being out as well, Pascal is in a prime position, at least for a short-term value. Yeah, I just hope we're not too late because I, I feel yeah. like Gobert is really close to coming back. So, again, if Gobert's out, you play Pascal. If, if Gobert's back, then I, I don't think you do. And, Roth, it's funny because I was like, I bet that – Joe Ingles' ejection killed a bunch of people last night. I did not know you were one of them. Yeah. Another mistake I made is I had uh, Robin Lopez in my lineup with Eric Gordon, and then I switched him out late for a Kongwu, and a Kongwu got destroyed by the heat and didn't really do a lot. So, mm. yeah, good times, good times. <laughs> uh, Cleveland's box score, Darius Garland had a triple-double, a low-scoring triple-double, but a triple-double nonetheless. I believe that was a career high in both rebounds and assists for Darius Garland last night. He had 11, 10, and 15. Some guy named Lamar Stevens had 23 points and seven boards with a three-pointer. Laurie Markkinen had a good game. Evan Mobley did Evan Mobley stuff. Ike Okoro is out, and he's going to be out for at least a couple more weeks. And we know Colin Sexton's not anywhere around this Lamar Stevens uh, gentleman has actually been making a little bit of noise for the Cavs. I kind of like the idea of picking Lamar Stevens up right now. What do you, what do you think? I think I'd like to see another decent game in terms of the scoring. Uh, Stevens can definitely provide you rebounding, you know, get you some other uh, category productivity, but the scoring is something that really hasn't been there for the most part. Now, Scoring 23 last night is certainly an eye-opener, but I don't think this is a situation where I'm going to rush to pick up Lamar Stevens until he, even if it's just like 15 points, that would probably be enough to convince me to go out and grab him. Uh, just because it, to do that on that roster with the options that Cleveland has is quite impressive. So I'd like to see him do it again before fully committing to picking him up. But yeah. There are some really interesting questions out there right now regarding guys like Lamar Stevens and guys yeah. like Amir Coffey. Like, question I had on Twitter at like three o'clock this morning was: Would you would you rather have Devin Vassell or would you rather have Amir Coffey? Who Amir Coffey is suddenly getting tons of run for the Clippers, mm -hmm. and they're talking about starting him even when Paul George is back. Uh, I, I'm all about Coffey right now, but. I said I'm leaning toward keeping Devin, Devin Vassell, who the, who the guy already had on his team. And I don't know if that's the right advice or not, because I really like what Coffee's potential is going to be here, too. And I think you can I, throw Lamar Stevens in that group. Yeah. I think I'd go Coffee, personally, um, just because he's already in the starting lineup. We've mentioned the concerns with Vassell's role in San Antonio. So, yeah, I'm going with Amir Coffee if he made me choose between those two. All right. Well, I, I get that, and 
I also feel like Coffee is riding a high note right now. I like. I, I want to see him do it one more time because if he blows up, I assume they play. Uh, they play tonight. They play Thursday night. So if Amir Coffee goes off tonight, I think everybody listening to this should run out and pick him up immediately, even if he has a good first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd go get him. Clipper's schedule is nice. Yeah. Um, I've been tweeting about him. His owner's rostership went from 6%. It was 22% when I looked at it last night, and it's going to be a lot higher than that if he goes off tonight. Uh, James Harden, the beard, 25 points, seven boards, 16 assists last night, five triples. Kevin Durant was doing Kevin Durant things, making it look simple. Kyrie Irving had nine points, four boards, three assists with a three-pointer. Uh, they all were on the court for really one of the – was it the first time this season? No, the first time this season all three were out there because Harden didn't play. He didn't play in Portland the other night. Okay. I thought it was the second. Um, in in either, either case, they looked really good together. Um, Kyrie really didn't have to do much. There's also a Woj report out there that he thinks Kyrie's going to be playing in every Nets game by the time the end of the season gets here or – you know, could be a lot sooner than that. I think part of the talk is having him play and having the Brooklyn Nets pay his fines for him. But I don't know if the laws need to be changed or what what needs to happen for it to happen. But it sounds like there's a good chance Kyrie Irving's going to be playing every night before too long here. So that's great news if you you know put up with all this stuff all season long. But the Nets have to be looked at as a favorite to win it all again now that we've seen them all play together and just destroy people. I don't know if I can go that far. I think they're on. I think they're on the short list for sure, but I don't think we can just disregard what we've seen out of Golden State, what we've seen out of Phoenix. You know, Milwaukee's still the champs. They've had some availability issues as well due to injuries and protocols. So I just kind of feel like it's going to be a bit more wide open than we're used to. Um, obviously, last year Phoenix getting to the finals is something a lot of people didn't expect, but. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be anywhere near having a list of like three or four title contenders once after the trade deadline either, just because of how good a lot of these teams have looked. All right, Ralph. So Kyrie didn't do very much on Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. He's probably not going to have monster lines as long as Harden and Durant are out there. But this Woj news that he might be playing every game helps. I mean, it helps uh, being able – it helps – your mindset if you're hanging on to Kyrie Irving. So if you have Kyrie Irving on your team right now, are you holding him or are you going to try to trade him? Yeah, it's a good question. I think I would try to trade him, you know, um, is again, even with that report by Woj, there's still no definitive answer in terms of what the Nets are going to do, what Kyrie's going to do and how the city of New York is going to handle things with it, with its mandate. So I think if you can kind of take advantage of this report and kind of put into some other managers' minds that, hey, he might be playing every game to see what you can get get there. But, yeah, I don't – I'm not – I don't know, man. I think I would try to move him just because it would be a, one less headache in terms of putting together a roster in a season that's been filled with headaches. Well, you know, Ralph, Ron Burgundy will read anything that they put on the teleprompter for him yeah. to read. And – I, like Ron Burgundy, believe anything that comes out of Woj's mouth. And I mm-hmm. will I will shout it from the mountaintop. So I would bet a lot of money right now that Kyrie Irving is going to play every game 
uh, play home games in Brooklyn at some mm-hmm. point in the near future, only because that's what Woj is hinting at. And Woj doesn't say stuff unless he, yeah, knows, exactly. unless he knows what's going on. So I think Irving is going to play um, every game starting in the next few weeks to a month, I would guess. Uh, I don't even know if that swings the pendulum enough for me to want to have him around with competing with Kevin Durant and James Harden. So I think I'm with you. I think use that Woj, Woj bomb as a, as a, as some trade bait and, and see what you can get. Cause even when Kyrie's playing every day for the past five years, there have been a lot of headaches involved. So that's probably not going away either. We are gearing up for wildcard weekend in the NFL and the NBC sports predictor app powered by points bet has you covered with Sunday night seven. We're giving you a shot to win $1 million twice this weekend. Starts on Saturday by predicting what will happen between the Raiders and Bengals in Cincinnati. Then another million is up for grabs during the Steelers-Chiefs matchup Sunday night. Download the day from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor for more information. All right, Ralph, a couple more things. Get into this. Troy Brown Jr., eight points, four boards, one assist, two three-pointers in 16 minutes. Uh, he had six steals on Tuesday. Was not the case on Wednesday. He was he was not effective. Uh, Alfonso McKinney really didn't do much of anything. He had five points, five boards. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. left that game thirty seconds in. Mm-hmm. He came out awkwardly on his right leg. You could see his knee buckle. Like it just didn't look good. He, he really didn't put any weight on it going off the court. I think he's done for a while. Do you have any interest in Troy Brown or Alfonso McKinney filling in for DJJ? Nope. Just waiting for Alex Caruso to come back. Yeah, it's been a long wait for Alex, too. I mean, I remember before Christmas, Caruso was kind of kind of getting it going at some point, and I was like, you've got to have Alex Caruso on Mm -hmm. your team. And he dinged up his – I think it was his foot maybe, and then I don't know. We just haven't seen him forever, and I don't know when we're going to see him again, but there's going to be a huge opportunity for him when he comes back. Let's just put it that way. Probably a good time to stash Caruso, right? Yeah, because he, he was dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, hamstring. To be, yeah, hamstring. Now he's doing with uh, protocol issues. Um, how far off remains to be seen because there's going to be a conditioning process that he'll have to go through as well. But, yeah, um, Brown looked really good against Detroit, but a lot of people tend to look good against Detroit. Um, <laughs> and then – Alfonso McKinney, I think he's a bit, he, he struggled early on last night, uh, missed some corner threes that you'd like to see him see a player knock down in those spots. But, yeah, neither one of those guys really moves the needle for me, so you're just going to wait for Caruso to come back. I think that's the right call, too. Um, I bet the Bulls wish they still had uh, Denzel Valentine because this would be perfect opportunity for him to, to come in and, and do some work yeah. and – I think this is also good news for Kobe White. I mean, I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are on the fence about, you know, do I drop Kobe White now that Lonzo's back or do I do I keep him and see what happens? I think even though he's a point guard more than he is a, um, you know, small forward or shooting guard, probably means more minutes for Kobe White yeah. too. So I think uh, Kobe White's a hold right now. Mm-hmm. Is it Chemezi Me Too time again? Kid hit a big-time dagger three-pointer to win for the Kings on Wednesday night. 
14.7 boards, four assists, four steals, four blocks, two three-pointers, 22 minutes. Just monster line, dude. Marvin Bagley had 16 points and nine boards. He hurt his hand at the end of mm-hmm. that game. LeBron stripped the ball and hurt his hand, hurt Bagley's hand. Uh, so he's kind of iffy right now. Me Too's rostered in just 6% of Yahoo leagues. He's been a top 100 player over the last two weeks. Like every time we get excited about Chemezi Me Too and run out and pick him up, he gets benched or doesn't play or something weird happens, it seems like. And he, we've been talking about him all year. Yeah. Um, are you buying Me Too right now? I haven't been a buyer of Me Too in the past, but I think that changed last night. Um, you mentioned the stat line the, in the bag of the injury. And Rashawn Holmes has been out due to health and safety protocols. So I think for all those factors taken into consideration, this would be the time to pick up Chemezi Metu. I haven't had a chance to look up the schedule, but. Oh, I've got it right here, Off, You know that. Okay. Yeah, because. Two, two, two games next week and then three mm-hmm. after that. That's not good. Yeah, that's the negative right there. Because you look at the other bigs on that roster, like Alex Lynn and Tristan Thompson, it's like. There's no way you can continue to give those guys minutes at the expense of a Chemezi Metsu. I'd even yeah, play Nehemiah's Keita over those two, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I misspoke. He had two blocks and two steals, not four. Okay. Four. okay. Um, but, yeah, um, and I, you would think, Raf, since we talk about him every week, I would I would know how to pronounce his name. But uh, <laughs> I keep calling him Metsu, and it's, it's Metsu. And, yeah. and you tell me that. Every time and I, it just goes, you know, in one and out the other. Mm-hmm. But Rashawn Holmes also is is on the verge of coming back for the Kings. Mm-hmm. I think when that happens, it's going to hurt um, too. But if Bagley's fingers broken or something's wrong with his mm-hmm. hand and and he's going to miss time, then then the door opens right back up. So I don't know what's going to happen with the two games coming up this week. I don't think it really matters. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not messing with Matu right now. Ruff, John Morant went into the into the crowd the other day and came face to face with a kid wearing a Warriors jersey, probably Steph Curry jersey. Yeah, it was Steph. In in uh, the Grizzlies house and and it kind of became an internet thing and mm-hmm. John was like, Somebody get me in touch with that kid. I want to send him one of my send him one of my jerseys. And then the Grizzlies for tonight's game against the Timberwolves. If any kid 12 years or younger brings in a opposing team's NBA jersey, they're going to give that kid a brand-new Ja or JJJ jersey plus two tickets to the game. Uh, that's pretty smart and pretty yeah. sweet marketing by the Grizzlies, I think. I, it's just a feel-good. I wish more teams would do stuff like that. Yeah, it is a great marketing move on their part, and – you know, it's another way to grab attention for a team that's the hottest in the NBA right now. They've won 10 straight games and and really look like a team that isn't on their way to arriving, but they're here. So it's been great to see it. And I love the reaction by John Morant. It's like, I'm not going to high five you. You know, you're wearing the other team's jersey in our house. So it wasn't anything malicious. And now you've got like a really great marketing campaign behind it as well. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty psyched about it. Yeah. Let's take a couple quick questions. We're running a little bit long, but mm-hmm. I feel like we need we owe it to the fans. Uh, Doctor Detroit, Kyle Kuzma, Herbert Jones, Mo Bamba, trade or hold those guys. Ten team uh, head head league. Kyle Kuzma to me, man. Yeah. Unbelievable season the guys got going. So. 
that is a no-brainer. Right? I'm all in on Kuz. Mm-hmm. And he looks like a totally different player in Washington. Herbert Jones, one of the more intriguing players in the NBA to me, like steal specialist, but some nights he doesn't steal a ball, which is kind of weird. Um, he's going to get a huge opportunity for a terrible, terrible team down the stretch. I'm all in on holding him. Mo Bamba, I don't know, Ralph. What are your thoughts on these guys? What, what's your take on Mo Bamba? I haven't really thought about that. Bamba is the one I consider trading just because of his medical history. You know, he's even had some issues this season, uh, whether it be injury or protocols. I think that's the guy where his name tends to ring out when we talk about fantasy upside. You know, everybody's like, all right, Mo Bamba could give you this, blah, blah, blah. And yet we, send it, we, seem to, we seem to find ourselves in the same spot with him year after year. So I think if anything, you, that may be the player that you may be able to reel in some decent value for just to kind of sell up his potential, even though he's kind of struggled to reach it. Sweet. All right, let's see what else uh, we can do here. A lot of these comments are based on what we're doing at the time. Uh, drop one. Let's do this. Do this, then we're going to get out of here. Uh, Nidu1214, drop one. Emmanuel quickly, Gary Payton, or DeAndre Hunter, or Amadou Diallo. Rob, for me, that's pretty easy, and it's yeah. your New York Nick. Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, that there really isn't much of a debate there. It's got to be quickly out of those four. At least with Peyton, he can give you some defensive numbers, even with Clay Thompson back. And there may be times when they have to rest Clay just to kind of manage his recovery, his return process. So Hunter's an obvious hold, especially with the reddish trade this morning. Diallo, I think he's a hold as well, just because of how well he's played. And he's kind of risen above the pack in Detroit. When you look at the wings, they've been kind of a mess all season. But he's kind of stepped forward with those injuries, and they they kind of have to play him. Yeah, I agree. So the two two gamers next week, it looks like Houston. It looks like the Pelicans. It looks like Sacramento. Uh, Houston actually goes two games next week and two games the week after that, which is going to make it – Tough. I've been sitting on Shangun waiting for him to get back. I've got some KPJ. I've got some Christian Wood. That's going to be a rough stretch. So, uh, anyway, we're running a little bit long. We're going to get out of here. Roth, thanks for everything today. Thanks for handling that breaking news, putting together our syllabus for us. And uh, have a good night. Have a, have a good day, and we'll see you next yes. week. All right. Thanks, everyone. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.